Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. All right. I debated talking about this one, but I do think it worth it warrants having a quick chat. I don't have TV for those that don't know. And by the way, if you're new, welcome. I'm sharing that I don't have TV. I don't have cable at all. I haven't had cable since 2011. No, 2010. I dropped it. I completely got rid of it. So I haven't watched any TV since then. I don't even watch online TV. I might see snippets of something on YouTube if something was brought to my attention, but I don't have TV. And now that I don't have TV, I struggle to understand how people have time to watch TV. Frankly, I have a couple of bits of free time, but I'm, you know, working during the day. So that starts for me, 6 a.m. Ends at about 3 p.m. sometimes later, depending on what's going on. So that's all work. There's no TV at all. I'm on the grind. After that, I take care of personal things that I might have. Like I had to go down and get the car registered. I got that done finally. Hopefully there's one open question the guy had, but he seemed to think he could try to get it done. It's $1,200 for that garbage. You're like, why? Because of tax. So that pissed me off, but got it in. So hopefully that takes care of the registration part with the registration. Then that opens up the ability to sell the car. I think. So then I can consider if I trade it on a different car and then I'm good to get out of here. So I'm moving that in that direction, but I take care of that stuff when I'm not at work. Then I might sit down to a little bit of gaming, but that's really more for keeping my brain sharp. It's not for anything other than that, but I'm doing a lot of research online. I'm doing a lot of um, shopping business, personal business, that sort of thing. Taxes. I've started looking at tax filing here soon because I got the last of the paperwork I needed. So that's what I do. And so I, Struggle to know where people find the time to sit and watch TV like I used to. I was thinking when I was watching TV back in 2010, you know, when was I watching TV? And it would pretty much just be after I got home from work. But of course, back then, TV show quality was way better. I mean, we had much to the point that commercials were actually fun to watch. And now it's just garbage. So I think maybe I just am disenchanted with it. But I figured since I don't have TV, you know, I didn't watch live the State of the Union address from President Biden. So I got the aftermath and I saw snippets. And of course, it was a blame game. Everybody blaming the Republicans. But the truth is, I want to just put this bottom line. What you saw was essentially your taxpayer dollars going towards children. That's what you saw. And I'm talking both sides of the aisle because they all were doing it. You could tell this is a group of people who... It's not that they don't like each other, but they don't respect each other. And at the end of the day, they're all slimy. They're all crooked. They're all bull. That's all of them. So I figured I would try to go through and take a look uh, at some of the aftermath and some of the notes and give my opinion. Now, of course, I don't think very much of Joe Biden because Joe Biden 
was largely responsible for what happened and, to a lesser degree, Congress under his command because it was all Democrat. But it was largely him signing off. He's the final signature, right, for 2021. And 2021 was the most painful for pretty much all of us, I think. And so I, for me, I was not looking forward to doing it, but I figured it's only fair that I do. Now, President Biden has a very low approval rate on polls. That doesn't surprise me. But what does disappoint me is that people took this long to recognize it. We're already in two years, two and a half years into this guy's presidency. And already, you know, people are just now finally seeing what the heck other people saw. And that's that's unfortunate. It's like, come on, man. Really? You, you couldn't tell that that was what was going to happen here, dude? So it is what it is. But going through this then, Kevin McCarthy, of course, is on the Republican side. He is the Speaker of the House. And Kevin McCarthy, he is, if you didn't know your politics, he is the basically the number one Republican in the country. He's also third in line to the presidency. So he is a very important person in the whole big picture of a thing. So when Joe Biden says he wants to work with Kevin McCarthy, he doesn't really. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> he kind of has to. He doesn't really have a choice in the matter. We also hired a a black house minority leader. This was a historic moment there. And then we have some, unfortunately, some long running people and nobody really likes that. And then Biden decided to slip in a little bit of subjectivity, declaring the greatest speaker, <laughs> the greatest speaker in the history of the country. Come on, dude. And Nancy Pelosi, come on. No, no, she's not. She's not even close. I would argue John Boehner, is, you know, as a speaker of some point, I would say John Boehner is way above her, but she's like at the bottom of the barrel. She's nothing. Now, if you didn't know about Pelosi, Pelosi finally stepped down when the Democrats lost control of the House, but not because of this. She stepped down for different reasons. Uh, Her husband had gotten attacked in their home, some nutcase that was going after her, and I think that set her to say, let me go ahead and step down. So she's out of the way. And I do think that things have been improving now that she's out of the way, but she's still got Chuck Schumer over there doing his uh, shady business. So that's my uh, opinion on that one. So then Biden goes on and he talks about the jobs that were created. More jobs, quote, created in two years than any president has created in four. Now, it's true that during Biden's term, more jobs were added. That's true. However, we need to put some framework around this. Joe Biden took office during a pandemic. Because he took office during a pandemic, we don't know how much of that recovery of jobs was simply because of coming out of the pandemic, whether it was directly due to anything he did. So he can take credit as part of his presidency. I don't know that there was anything he did that caused that. And I would argue a lot more jobs were lost short term prior to that recovery under his command than were lost under President Trump for the equivalent period um, in the beginning of the presidency. And the pandemic is part to blame for this. So they were talking about the COVID pandemic shutting down businesses, which of course, part of the shutdown was him, but also the recovery plan and the locks and the mandates and everything that was all him. Remember, he went up there in front of the world and said, come on, man. What are you waiting for? We're losing our patience with you. That was him threatening Americans, which normally would be treasonous offense. So then he put out a pitch that basically that basically made it come across like he was campaigning 
And the rumors were that he was going to run in 2024. Certain of the Democrats even said, no, don't, don't. We don't, we don't need you, brother. They don't want him. They want Kamala. Everybody knows that. So now he gets into this whole working together business, how Democrats and Republicans had to work together. No, <laughs> they have to, yes, but they weren't before, and there was no intent to do it before. This was never more clear than the so-called January 6th commission, which was all partisan. That was all Democrats. Republicans didn't want to do it the way that they did it. They were okay doing it if they were going to investigate all of the different crime that was happening around the nation. The Democrats didn't. That was Pelosi when she said, no, no, this is not. This is about Trump. And so they, that's the way they went. So that's not bipartisan. That's not working together. This is all just doublespeak. Nobody cares about what he's saying. So then we're talking about the changes, the acts that were being passed, the Respect for Marriage Act, which is basically protecting same-sex marriage, the Electoral Count Reform Act, this is basically trying to cheat, <laughs> authorize cheating. So now this says in what it was presented as, it said that the Electoral Count Act is meant to stop what happened on January 6th. It's not going to. What they thought triggered January 6th was the theory based on the written letter in the founders, from the founders, that in this case, Mike Pence had the right to override the reading. He actually did. Mike Pence chose not to because of his own interpretation. That's his right as well. Electoral Count Act basically says that reading is semantics. It's just it's just a ceremony. It doesn't have any real, the vice president has no authority. If the vote is, the vote is the vote. So it basically formalizes cheating to some degree. And then Respect for Marriage Act says, you know, we're completely changing the issue of marriage in a dramatic way and will affect a lot of people and there's not really a clear picture about how that's going to be played out. What I mean is it doesn't require states to allow same-sex marriage, which means nothing really changed. It's still up to the states. Number two, you have religious exceptions to it, and that basically precludes them from having to, they can't be coerced into supporting same-sex marriage. And at the end of the day, nothing's going to really change to it. <laughs> so bottom line that one's just fluff. It's a fluff piece that sounds good to a media snippet. And the irony, the irony is President then, I think he was then Senator, but he might have even been President later, but I think he was Senator at the time. But basically Obama, Obama said, you know what, I'm going to be one of the first to push for this. And he was the one during his push where the Supreme Court said, you know what, we're ruling in favor of same-sex marriage around the nation, doop, doop, doop. And then you had the Arizona, that lady in Arizona, and all this fallout. It's never been completely accepted. It's never been completely, you know, granted or, or agreed. The other piece is that Donald Trump, who was president at the time, or nominee for president at the time, came out in support of same-sex marriage. People attacked him and said that he was not because he didn't actively create an act about it. But he openly, he verbally said, yeah, I'm cool with it, it's fine as many people are, many people are fine with it. What we're against, and I'll speak for myself, is trying to force the issue, force people into compliance, because when you do that, all you're doing is turning people against each other. We see that now, and that's that's part of the story of 2021, certainly. And I never have agreed with it, never will. I do think that people should be allowed to do whatever they want. I'm cool with that. I don't want people forced to compromise. Their, I don't want to put one group of people out for another group of people, ever. 
So then Biden talks about restoring the soul of the nation. Restoring the soul of the nation, that sounds good, right? But the truth is the soul of the nation was destroyed the moment that we trampled on people's rights. The people's right to wear what they want, walk where they want, be who they want. And we started dictating to people and listening to the voice of social media. So that's, it's true that unfortunately there is no such thing as restoring the soul of the nation because this very same government was instrumental in destroying it in the first place. He goes on and on and he talks about gas prices. We all know that gas prices were way down, way down in just below $2 under President Trump. When Biden came in, he killed the Keystone deal. Prices started skyrocketing. We got as high as I think $5 again. I went just recently, it's like $4 and some change. Unless you pay gas, you can probably get about $4. Now, Biden talks about how gas prices are down $1.50 a gallon since the peak. This is true, but the problem is that he's not, he's not being honest because gas prices are still sky high compared to when he went in. And when he went in, Donald Trump had gotten gas prices way down low. That was directly Trump because there were things that he was pushing that were lowering the gas prices. He had a part to play in this. When we look at then uh, inflation, cost of food, you know, your how much your pay goes, he talks about everything's getting better. It's not getting better. We know it's not getting better. We know that's not true. He talked about how many people are applying for small businesses. That's true in terms of applying, but there's less people that are getting approved. And even if you do get approved, the aid is not there for people. They added red tape. They made it harder for you to survive. And we haven't looked at the significant amount of businesses that were shut down because of the pandemic, including one of mine that I purposely closed because it wasn't profitable. We talked about how America was a semiconductor chip maker, a leader in this at one point. This was true. And then we moved it all offshore. That happened, now I'm pretty sure that happened like way before Obama. That was happening over time. And the reason that it was happening so much is because Ultimately, it was cheaper to do it overseas because they were trying to keep costs down and maximize profits. So doing it overseas helped that. And so we saw this incredible shift overseas that did happen. That's true. Now, we know late, like after the fact, we went through from 2020 all the way to now, this chip crisis we heard about. And for the longest time, they refused to do anything about it. Now, in 2023, All of a sudden, they're setting aside billions to set up a new semiconductor industry. At no point did we take some of the billions that we shipped overseas and actually leave them local in 2021 and prioritize the semiconductor industry. Instead, they spent money on marketing campaigns about why you should jab something in your arm. Like, the priorities were jacked up. We should have been prioritizing fixing the semiconductor crisis because, unfortunately, we've tossed chips in everything that we do. That skyrocketed prices, so it made the inflation even worse. So while it is true that, yes, we are trying to fix it, it's like three years after the fact. So that, to me, is an indictment on our very government. Supply chain is a problem in the United States now. And it's been a problem for, again, three years, and there's been no desire to really prioritize and fix it. Instead, we ship money overseas, we ship money to wars that don't involve us, and then we put out marketing garbage to force stuff in people's arms. That's the reality of what this is. So a lot of this... We then get into this whole stint where he talks about that Republicans vote against things without real context about what they're talking about. They're talking about 
okay, yeah, this is the law you said, but it's got this line in here that's anti-American that you're not talking about, and that's what we voted against. Take that out, and we got a problem with it. That's a lot of this fluff that's happening, fluff pieces. So then we get into this back and forth about Republicans don't want this, and they say they don't want that, and it gets into this screaming and booing and all this. It felt like an outlaw mud show. And my point in closing, as I, wa- as I watched the snippet of this, it's like, what Biden's saying is a lot of untruths, frankly, uh, a lot of marketing shill and hype. It's campaigning for 2024. Some of it's flat out untrue. And, and the thing is, you know, these are people, this is your money. You're paying them. You're paying their, their check. And they're doing this kind of stuff in a, what's supposed to be a professional firm. If you had a regular job, regular business, each and every one of those people would be fired. You can't just do that in that kind of a forum. So why is it acceptable in private business to act a certain decorum, but then in our in our government, right, in our Congress and our presidential state of the union, we're acting like children? To me, that should outrage every American out there. And it should, I hope, it should make you question your voting choice, whatever it was, and really hopefully get back to the basics, which is vote for the policies that make sense. Vote for what everybody needs to benefit from get rid of people that act like children. And I'm talking both sides of the aisle. We shouldn't have a president who goes up there and basically says flat out lies about the other side. And there's no opportunity for them to defend themselves. So then what do they do? They start acting like kids, jeering and screaming and talking about it's not true. Bottom line, both are culpable. None of them are exempt from this. It's all crap. None of that should be allowed. But that's the, that's the truth of where we're at with our government system and why so many people are, are disenchanted by what we see. We see just a bunch of children and they're using your money and they're wasting it. And instead of benefiting America, they're benefiting their own agenda. When we talk about this whole garbage about climate crisis, same thing. They just went after what Greta Thunberg said and just started going all in and then said, well, get an electric car, deep, 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 not realizing they're crazy expensive. They can't go everywhere. We don't have charging stations. We have grid crises. They know that. They know that they're, they're going off of talk points on social media. And that's not what we should want in our leadership. That was my point and my takeaway. And I was disgusted just watching the snippets I did watch because it's obvious that they're not, they don't care about the regular American anymore. And until we vote people in, I'm talking across the board because in the midterms, I think America got it wrong again. We did get some over in the house, but I think on the, on the Senate, we got it wrong. And if it wasn't for a, a unfortunate situation with Pelosi's husband, we'd have been any worse, but we should have had much better people. We should have had a washout. We should have had a lame duck where you had no authority to cause any more damage. We're fixing things. We're forcing vetoes. We're doing override of vetoes. We're doing things to get America back on track and we're still not making progress, which means we're stuck for the next two years ish. And I think it's unfortunate. So I was disgusted seeing this because it's a bunch of children using our money playing around. They're playing in their little sandbox, in a little treehouse. That's what that was. And that should disgust real Americans. And I think certain, because they're younger, skew younger, certain people might have cheered that or laughed at it or whatever, but it should disgust you because that should not be what your money's used for. These are not people that deserve your money. These are people that deserve your disdain, if we're honest, and we should not allow it. In closing, I'll say, I do hope that the Convention of States becomes a thing. I don't have all the faith in the world for it, but I do hope it becomes a thing. I know that I tried, I spoke to Mark Meckler at least once about a different matter. He never got back to me. 
on the conversation we're going to have. So I, I, I wish them the best, but I'm not optimistic because I didn't think that it's a lofty, I think they need 38 states or something out of 50. And I think it's lofty. And I don't know that there's enough time. I think it's going to take them years to get to what we need. And by that time, I don't know where we're going to be as a society. So if you didn't check out the State of the Union, feel fortunate because I felt like it was a disaster. It felt like a elementary school classroom, but by all means, if you want to check it out, it was pretty darn bad in my opinion and didn't tell us anything of any note as an American. Felt like your money was being used for improper things and time will only tell where we go from here. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.